Good morning and peace be with you. Also with you. We have a, a short amount of, of announcements this morning, so that must uh, bring a smile to many faces. But first and foremost, uh, I want to say hi to the camera here because um, I have some friends, a brother and a sister, uh, Michael and Lisa Christensen are watching from home with their mom and dad, Allie and Dell, and um, it's been a long time since I've been over to have lunch with y'all, but I miss you. And Michael, I understand that you have been singing uh, Amazing Grace, and I hope that someday I get to come and hear your beautiful voice, because your mom is a big fan, and therefore I am too. Also this morning, I want to uh, thank uh, Chris and Adair uh, Gillette that are joining us uh, to lead worship the music this morning. We are blessed to have you once again, and thank you for spending this time with us and the Lord. And um, I want to thank you for tuning in each and every week. Um, I'll say it one more time. Your pastor went from pastor to televangelist just like that. And I want to thank the people that support this. They are um, selfless servants, um, faithful. And uh, I'm grateful because um, this wouldn't get pulled off without you uh, all. And so thank you for that. We so long to be together again in God's house, to um, break bread together, to come uh, to the table and enjoy uh, the fruit that he gave us. And, and, and it'll come, you guys, it will. But uh, for now, um, we are obliged to obey and to follow the rules. And I'm hoping that as things open up, that we may be able to open up as, as a church with full services uh, in the near future. But we'll, we'll wait and we'll see. And until then, um, we'll do what you're told, right? And wash your hands. So our first uh, uh, opening hymn is Jesus Messiah. Amen. Let's do it. All the glory 
Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silent prayer and reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most, Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh God, the giver of all that is good. By your holy inspiration, grant that we may think those things that are right and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now we'll have our scripture readings. 
The first reading this morning is from the book of Acts of the Apostles Peter and Paul, chapter 17, verses 16 through 31. Acts chapter 17, beginning with the 16th verse. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day and those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made of human hands. He is not served by human hands as he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he has made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Our next reading is Psalm 66, verse 8 through 20. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads, and we went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you, vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come in here, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. The epistle this morning is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter 3, verses 13 through 22. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. 
but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, and before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my command and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. From our gospel this morning, Jesus answered them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. John 14, 23, in the name of Jesus, amen. Have you ever studied the book of Deuteronomy? If you you haven't, you, you should. By doing this, you will find and you will come to realize just how important that book is. For example, Jesus' discourse in John 14, verse 17, is full of allusions. Actually, John 14 through 17, full of allusions 
to Deuteronomy. Like Deuteronomy, Jesus' discourse talks about listening. Listening to God's Word. Loving the Lord and keeping, keeping His instructions. In Deuteronomy, Moses encourages the Israelites to love Yahweh above all things. And the reason for that is for he rescued them from Egypt and carried them through the wilderness. If you love Yahweh, then they will listen to his word. That's what he told them. And again and again, Moses Moses says, listen, O Israel, listen. Yahweh gave Israel the law, and Moses tells Israel to keep it. Moses predicted that Israel would not love Yahweh or listen to him. He predicted that Israel would disregard the law because Israel was hard-hearted. Yahweh would curse Israel and exile them from the land. We know that to be true. However, Moses predicted that Yahweh would circumcise the hearts of his people someday so that they would love him and listen to him. And Jesus is the fulfillment of this story. He is Yahweh revealed in human flesh. He came not to rescue his people from an oppressive empire, as many thought, but he came to rescue his people from their own sins and from his own curse. He allowed his curse to fall upon him. He was exiled from the land of the living so that his people could live with him in a new creation, a place of everlasting rest. Now, rules that are written on a stone, they cannot make people love the Lord. But the good news about our Lord's self-sacrificial love can warm our cold hearts. We love the Lord because He loved us first. And since we love Jesus, we will keep His Word. That is to say, we treasure it. We believe His promises. We are moved by His own love and treasure His instructions about loving each other. Even though we struggle with sin, even though we struggle to love. We want to love Jesus and to be loved by Jesus now and forever. And we will get what we want. In our reading from the Psalm uh, 66, we heard, Blessed be God who was who has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Psalm 66, 20. As his children, our loving Father invites us to call upon him in prayer, to ask for things of him. And even though he reigns and rules all things, God is a God who is, well, he's not too busy for you. The creator of heaven and earth hears your prayers. Imagine that. Not only does he hear your prayers, he leans in to his children. In fact, he gave up his only begotten son, on a cross to buy you back from the clutches of sin, death, 
and the devil. He pursues you with his goodness and mercy. He continually comes to you in the gospel and through his word and his sacraments. You see, God the Father desires you to be his child. That means that he desires to hear from you. The God who will not turn away his mercy from you will also never turn his ear away from you. And so the psalmist rejoices. The psalmist praises God for his mercy and for hearing his prayer. This is the psalm that we encounter in our reading today. It is the make his praise heavy psalm. Just as it teaches us about our praise, it has much to teach us about prayer. We can ask God for anything. And that opens up a door for a great many things. You see, the Israelites, they longed to be delivered out of the clutches of deliverance. And God led them through the Red Sea on dry land, <laughs> yet they grumbled. And as God brought them to a place of abundance, he took them through fire and he took them through water. He laid a burden on their backs. The Lord, he tested them. And he refined them like silver. Psalm 66 verses 10 through 12. Through Christ Jesus, God has good things in store for you. Through his Son, good things for you. He wants to give you all good things. And sometimes what you ask for may not be what is best for you. St. Paul, he asked God three times to take away the thorn in his flesh. Three times, and, and, and God would not. And it proved to be a blessing for Paul. For the Lord made him strong in the midst of weakness. Now, God may give you the opposite of what you desire at the time that you ask for it. His answer may come then or it may come later. But no matter what the answer, rejoice with the psalmist. For the Lord has not turned his ear from you, nor has he turned his mercy from you. Rejoice, because our Father in heaven knows what is truly best. For his children. Okay. In the first reading, we um, encountered a little bit about idols and a little bit about politics. And I want to talk to you about politics right now. I can almost hear a collective oh boy. But before we talk about politics, or rather I talk, let's just review the first commandment, shall we? The first commandment says, you shall have no other God. So what does that mean? If that sounds familiar, that means that you have looked at the small catechism, Luther's small catechism. What it means is that we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. With this, we as Lutherans have our working definition of what an idol is. An idol isn't just something false that you worship or set up a shrine to. It's not just that. 
It is anything that you fear, anything that you love, anything that you trust above God. Now, politics is full of idols. And this year has been especially wild and surprising in the season that we find ourselves in the election, the debates, the, the rhetoric going back and forth. If you were watching nightly news or scroll, scrolling through social media and seeing reactions, God help you. No, God help us all. But if you've been listening to the news nightly and if you've been going through the feeds that are on social media, what you have seen is a whole lot of fear, a little bit of love, and a lot of hate. Wild emotions have raged all over the place. In reality, what you saw was a lot of idols being revealed. Possibly some of your own idols have been revealed as well. Politics so often touches upon that first commandment because we think it's the way in which we get to control things, the way in which we get to make things work the way we want them to work. And we trust in our candidate while we fear the other candidate. And we think everything hinges upon whether or not we get our way. But I digress. Remember Paul Take this thorn from me. Three times. Your weakness is perfected. Over and against this sort of thinking, the Lutheran Church has taught the idea of two kingdoms. That there is a kingdom on the left which deals with laws and temporal lives. And there is a kingdom of the right which proclaims the gospel, forgiveness, and faith. Two kingdoms, the left and the right. However, this is not, all capitalized, this is not what modern American Well, it's not what we think when we hear separation of church and state. The Lutheran point is that God himself rules both of these. And that God is truly in charge of both kingdoms. God is in charge of church and state. Can I get an amen on that? God is in charge, not us. This is true whether we're voters in a democracy or or even if we're rulers ourselves. Proverbs 29, 26 reminds us of this truth. Many seek the face of a ruler But it is from the Lord that a man gets justice. This is why Luther writes the following in, well, actually, he writes to the German princes in an essay that was called To the German Nobility. He wrote, The first and most important thing to do in this matter is to prepare ourselves in all seriousness. We must not start something by trusting in great power or human reason, even if all the power in the world were ours. That's why we start each proclamation with 
in the name of Jesus, amen. Because we know that nothing good, as you've heard me say, comes from any other source than from Jesus, Yahweh. Luther continues to write this, For God cannot and will not suffer that a good work begin by relying upon one's own power and reason. He dashes such works to the ground. They do no good at all. As it says in Psalm 33, verse 16, No king is saved by his great might, and no lord is saved by the greatness of his strength. Okay. We're winding this up. We are taught... We are reminded at all times, no matter what we see, no matter what we think, no matter what we think we can or cannot accomplish, we know that God is still in control over this world. Ours is not the might. God alone is mighty. He is the mighty one. So, whatever your thoughts or reactions to this election season and the impending election in November, whatever your thoughts and reactions have to be, flee from idols. Rather, remember that God rules this world, but also that he has won for you abundant salvation in Christ Jesus, and that the day will come when you will see the Lamb, the perfect Lamb of God, upon his throne. And until then, until then, we in the church will continue to do what we have long done. Just as soon as we're allowed to come together, we will gather together. And we will pray for our rulers. Whether we think them good or bad, we will pray for our rulers. And then we will join in prayer and pray as our Lord has taught us, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our our uh, hymn now, and I'm excited to hear it, is uh, In Christ Alone. Thank you. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease, my comforter.
light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Before I start our prayers this morning, I want you to know um, how powerful and sometimes scary the Holy Spirit can be, because I had no knowledge of the pastor's sermon or his message, and yet when I wrote this prayer during the week, the message is almost identical in many ways, and that's just, it's not a coincidence. That's the power of the Holy Spirit and he's alive and he's well. So as a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, whether here or elsewhere, to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, above all the extraordinary blessings you have provided us in our country, and in spite of our sinful disregard and forgetfulness of you, we hold dear your gift of the freedom to worship you as a Christian family in this sanctuary. You know the despair and loneliness we feel being separated from each other as our government leaders prohibit us from gathering together out of fear of the pandemic virus. We also know that you are with us at all times, even when we are separately worshiping. But fear and doubt, driven by Satan, is harder to resist when we are alone. We know we should trust you, Holy Father, because you have always done what is best for us, your children, even when we can't recognize it until much time has passed. However, our constant sin feeds our lack of trust and our need to be in control of everything. We become frustrated and angry when problems arise beyond our control and our anger leads us to sin even more. 
Like a ship in a bad storm, we all fear that we won't survive this terrible journey. We are not steering this ship, and we don't like the ride, and we can't get off. Each of us wants to steer the ship out of the storm our way, but we're not in charge, and there are too many experts recommending different courses to steer, even if it were up to us. We pray that your Holy Spirit would strengthen our hearts and minds in our faith in Jesus to shield us against our worry and concerns so that we can stay focused on your saving grace. The problems we have created far exceed our wisdom and power to fix. As written in a popular country song, we pray, Jesus, take the wheel. Holy Father, millions of people throughout the world are suffering greatly. Beyond the virus, there is serious famine and starvation, war, terrorism, and hopelessness, the lifeblood of Satan. God Almighty, please save us from these calamities on earth. We pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. Holy Father, shield us from this virus and its destructive effects. Provide the wisdom and resolve to all scientists, doctors, and governments to work together to destroy this virus and prevent it from returning. We pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry. Please help us provide the care and counsel that would alleviate their stress and bring comfort to those who feel lost and powerless. Let us speak hope to those who don't know you, Holy Father. We continue to pray for our fellow citizens and family who may face the prospect of lost jobs, their income, their health, and their ability to feed their families. Anxiety and fear are overtaking their lives. Please guide our leaders to quickly find the proper way to mend our nation's well-being in terms of health and financial stability. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would show us how to help those in distress. Thank you, Lord, for your hand in guiding our leaders to open our beaches and parks, to allow us to focus on and enjoy your creation instead of constantly worrying about tomorrow. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide our hearts, minds, and voices to turn away from hateful speech and actions against those who may be different from us. As we grow fearful, angry, and frustrated at what we cannot control, our sinful nature is to blame others and turn our anger towards them. Please make this sin obvious to us during our daily thoughts and activities and turn us away from casting stones. We continue to thank you for our president, vice president, various task force members, and all who work so hard to combat this virus and its effects. Please surround them with your protective embrace to shield them from harm as they work to serve others. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals who continue to face danger every day. And we give special thanks on this weekend for the citizens who have volunteered to serve in our armed forces to protect our freedoms. Dear God Almighty, please save our nation from the damage we have done to ourselves through our greed for material wealth and power over others. Thank you for continuing to shine a light on the darkness within our nation's federal, state, and local political leaders so that we may better choose our representatives in the future. We need to turn back to you, Father, so please help us do so before we harm ourselves further. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace.
Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you. O Lord, our God, maker of all things, through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all of their creatures, with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We so miss having our family here for communion. And um, we assure you that God's mercy and his grace imparted to you is imparted, has been imparted. And that the missing of uh, being side by side at the table with your church family is, 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 is a good thing. And it's not something that I can send out to you or, or have you break at home bread and, and wine yourself. It's not those 
simple pieces of bread or simple wine. It's, it's this divine service that you have been a part of where God comes and meets us here. That's what it is intended and that's where the grace and the means of grace come in. And so I know you're longing to come and partake in His true body and His true blood and that'll come. But until then, hold fast to what you know is true and that is that Christ paid it all for you. We're going to take communion right now, Ken and I, and then we will have uh, our... uh, benediction and uh, our sending song. Can take and eat the body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. These are difficult times that we find ourselves in. I pray that if you are in need of anything, that you would call out. If you need something from somebody with skin on, call the, call the office, call me, call a friend. And I hope that if you're out there and somebody touches your heart and somebody is on your mind, that you reach out. Sometimes that phone feels like it it weighs 90 pounds. Pick it up. Dial it. Tell them that you're thinking of them. Tell them that you love them. And wash your hands so we can get together. And now, the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn, No Longer Slaves. You unravel me with the melody You surround me with a song Of deliverance From my enemies Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God You have chosen me Love has called my name I've been born again Into your family Your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer a slave child of 
no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Child of God, I am.